Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for today, June 14th. Happy Flag Day to everybody. Uh, my husband was like, where did you hear it was Flag Day? I said, oh my gosh, every year on June 14th, it's Flag Day. He did not remember that from school, <laughs> so he was in a mad rush to go and put the flag out. But that's the way it goes, right? I hope everybody's doing well this morning. I uh, missed you all last week, and yet I was very busy with my three-year-old Wyatt, who was having a great time keeping Grandma hopping, playing games, listening to Paw Patrol, which I now have memorized the song to, and many other things. Beach, rock throwing, uh, all little boy stuff, trampoline. Man, he kept me busy. If I had a three-year-old right now, I'd probably weigh about 100 pounds less than I do, I swear. I'd be a skinny little rail. Uh, so everybody, I hope you're doing well. And today, what we're going to be doing is taking a look at where the moon is. We'll be looking ahead at what the week contains, although I have to tell you, it is a super quiet week, as is fitting for us to complete our collective shadow cycle. Uh, but we have a couple of things that we'll need to talk about. And then uh, as well, we're going to dive in further into our astro design. As you can see, Ace has completed the new uh, logo and uh, the little hummingbird with the my favorite infinity symbol. And uh, it is, it's coming all together and using StreamYard has been kind of fun to be able to do that with. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to everybody. Good morning, Ingrid and Corey and JLo. Good to see you, Christine Buckingham. Uh, isn't that pretty? I love the hummingbird logo. She's just, she's got more cleverness in her little finger than I do. Uh, and it's wonderful. So thank you, Asa. And uh, Ingrid says, yay, astro design. I'm really deciding that that's the way that I'm going to go. And, you know, I'm I'm creating these things called experiences. You'll start to hear about them in the very near future that you can tap into having a Gene Keys experience or a human design experience or an astro design experience. So those that's the new direction that I will be going throughout the summer. Um, the creation part of that is just in the beginning stages. So it might take me another few weeks before you start to hear about what that entails and how we're going to work that and the cost, et cetera. But we will be going in that direction. Debbie Tibbetts-Tumiel, good morning. Good morning to you, Pauline. So today we're going to be talking about the moon in Leo. And Leo is a sign, of course, of self-expression. So it's not surprising then that when I was putting the astro design together that we see some of the gates of the throat are being um, activated by the moon. And then, of course, Leo, also a sign of love and romance, where we have the gift of love to children or that childlike enthusiasm that comes through Leo, dating energy, giving and seeking approval energy. And as well, Leo is known as a creative sign. It is one of the signs that is who has enthusiasm and passion to bring to creative projects and including artistic expression and just that passion to live, to love, and to create. It is a sign of giving love 
where we have energies like loyalty or generosity, joyfulness, encouragement, and kindness all wrapped into the positive expression of the sign of Leo. It is also connected in the astrology chart to the fifth house, which is a house of play and games and vacation and recreation and all of the fun loving things that we do. So fun, play, games, parties, recreational vacations, uh, just time away doing things other than work. It is also a bit of a risk taking sign. So the risk taking in Leo is about getting your creative um, energies out there, risking the uh, vulnerability of expressing yourself in your authentic way. So we have, we have a cue, uh, I mean, a uh, an energy that is cueing us up for becoming more uh, centered in our expression of who we are. And of course, dignity, when you think of the lion, the, the dignified expression or the stance of the lion or the cat. And we have recognition in this sign being the center stage, right? There's a bit of a drama queen, drama king in the sign of Leo, uh, especially when they are lacking in self-confidence, then they can create some trials and tribulations with the people around them as they feel that they are not, that it's something outside of them that is robbing them of their self-confidence. But when they are in their self-confidence, they are a sight to behold, they're radiant, they're self-expressive, they know what they want to say, they know where they want to go, and they want all of you to come along with them. So we have some really good energy here also for leadership. This is a sign that we think of as the leader. And it's interesting because the, the one of the gates is the gate 31, which is the gate of leadership. But there's also the gate 7 with Leo energy that is leadership from behind the scenes, the collaborator, the uh, chief of staff, if you will, the one that handles a lot of the details that is in support of the leader. We also have strength here, strength of purpose. I believe Leo is in the tarot deck, the, the card of strength is a, a Leo card. We have resoluteness, we have stamina, we have the ability to follow through and be persistent and endure uh, through whatever it is that needs to be done. Leo is a fixed sign. So it joins Taurus and Aquarius and Scorpio in, it, in being a fixed nature, meaning able to stand the test of time and staying the course, right? The, the negative side of that is staying too long or getting stuck in a rut. But the positive side of that is the resoluteness or stamina it takes to complete something, to stick with something, even in uh, the depths of um, changes and things that are happening around them. So uh, Corey says, my youngest at age four is a Leo and her rising is cancer. She's an emotional entertainer. <laughs> I bet she is. And I'm sure at times in her life, she's going to play a sort of peekaboo with the world. Uh, now you see me, now you don't kind of energy with cancer that has a tendency to pull back. But Leo, who wants to be the center stage, then cancer wants to pull back. And so we may have an, she may have an interesting uh, energy where sometimes she's feeling very um, expressive and ex, uh, extroverted, and that might be followed by times of introversion. Good morning, Ursula. It's good to see you. Ha, Pauline says, how about Trinity, Astro Design, Keys, 
the gene keys are included in Astro Design. Yes, indeed. So uh, good morning, Kathleen Mallory. It's good to see you. Uh, so today, then, as we start to look at Leo energy, we have to always seem seemingly there's this this stream of energy. So we have the very positive, we have the the medium or the the regular expression, if you will, in Gene Keys. That might be the gift expression, where the highest expression is the city, and then we also have a shadow expression of the sign. So in the shadow expression, Leo energy is arrogant. It is prideful. It can be selfish or overly self-centered. It can be extravagant. Leo loves to be able to be the giver, no doubt, but sometimes that can lead to extravagance and then also strings attached to what they give, which might lead to bossiness and them trying to lead you in a way that you don't want to be led or to lead you without the permission or the actual leadership ability to do so. So some of that um, more shadowy energy can be present over these next couple of days with the moon and Leo as well. So in the body, Leo rules the back and the spine. So when things are going out, there's a correlation. So ruling, meaning correlating, not necessarily if you're having a heart problem that it's Leo related or that Leo in your chart is pointing to heart problems. But Leo does have a correlation with the ruling of the heart, the back and the spine, inflammation in the body and exhaustion. So sometimes we can look to where Leo is. If you have a lot of Leo planets there, we can see where it is that problems might occur in the body based on that particular sign. Now today the moon in Leo is coming into a square with the planet Uranus. That means there could be some surprises, maybe happy surprises, maybe unexpectedness, a new direction potentially that opens up. Just after that, the moon also moves into an opposition with Saturn, Saturn at 13 degrees of Aquarius right now in retrograde, having just moved late last week into the gate 13 in human design. So that is a gate that sits on the identity center and the identity center being the seat of the soul and the soul here, this is the, the, the place of the the narrative, the stories that uh, we are holding for humankind, but also how we share of those stories with one another and allow the story to help us move along in our evolution. And as well, you're going to see when I switch to human design with the moon energies today, that the moon is going to be passing through the gate 33, the opposite of Saturn at the gate 13. So we see the opposition both in human design and we see it in the astrology of the day as well. There is also a sextile to Mercury, so we might be able to find an easier path to the words that we want to say today that really carry us off into the future, uh, that carry us off into a very powerful expression of who we are. J-Lo says it's 11-11. Exactly. I love it. So it's 8-11 here, but for those of you on the East Coast, a portal is opening up for manifesting your dreams. So take a look at what your, or take a listen in to what you're focusing on and see what's going on with your life. Uh, JLo says, my daughter's a triple Leo and born with a hole in her heart. Ooh, interesting, Ursula. JLo says, go figure why my two Leo girls were exhausted after their sister's wedding yesterday. 
maybe collective energy drained them also. Maybe so, exactly. JLo says, hmm, I guess I will have to look at 33 today. Indeed, we're actually going to look deeper into 33 here in just a moment. Um, so let me get that particular graphic up because I'm still learning, of course, StreamYard and how to share uh, appropriately. So let me share my screen. Hopefully I can do this correctly. Ah, there we go. Now, uh, Asa, maybe you could uh, let me know if you're seeing this. Uh, just text me. Uh, Leo, human design gate. So now let's look at where the moon in Leo will be transiting today. You'll see the bold gates right here. This is where they will be today, the gate 33 in the shadow of forgetting and the gate seven, the shadow of division. So this is where the moon will be today. Now you might be asking yourself, why am I focusing on the shadow energies of these gates? Well, there's an easy explanation. We are in the collective shadow period. So during this time, we are likely to be able to see these shadows splayed across the screens of our outer world. So in our relationships with others, in the news feeds, in our social medias, um, that shadow is likely going to play a role uh, throughout the time. Yes, you can see it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Asa. So the beginning gate in, in Leo is a cuspy it's funny when I was writing these up, I wrote cuspy 56 because literally it's the very end of the gate 56. If you'll recall when we talked about the moon and cancer, the gate 56 is mostly in that particular sign. But just a wee bit of it is um, bleeding over into Leo. The, the dividing lines in human design, not exactly um, like they are in astrology where Leo forms an entire sign. So this is where the sun is moving through gates and those gates have degree spans of, of Leo. So, or of any sign for that matter. So we begin with the gate 56, which is the gate of distraction in the shadow, the gate 56 on the throat center leading up toward the Ajna. So the gate 56 in its highest expression is about telling a story in a new way. So we have a lot of storytelling energy popping up for us over these uh, few days where we've had uh, the gate 56. I'm looking for the highest expression of it in the gene keys, which is intoxication, enrichment being the 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 gift level and enrichment in this case to me because it's on the throat center would be about adding your voice in a way that enriches the collective not taking it down not creating a victim or a shadow energy the shadow energy could be distraction where you're just saying words right you're just distracted so the words really have no meaning or you're repeating stories that often happens with the gate 56 stories Gate 56 is a teaching gate. So often the purpose of telling of the story with the gate 56 is because there is a lesson there. So people with a prominent gate 56 are often teaching in the stories that they're telling. But in the lowest uh, energy, it becomes distraction. The gate 31 is also on the throat center. It is the gate in the shadow that it becomes arrogance. In its highest and best, it is leadership. It is a gate of democratic leadership. We see in human design that democracy 
or democratic leadership is is the the way that we are designed to be there's no gate of authoritarianism there's no gate of dictatorship here and when we look at even the gate of control over here it is about controlling oneself not controlling others even though sometimes in the shadow energy it becomes controlling the outer world so we see here that leadership here isn't something that is a power grab leadership here is an elected state where people are in agreement that this is the person who has the most votes if you will or the most that people have the most confidence in their leadership ability so 31 becomes the gate of leadership but in its lowest expression it's the arrogance of someone who thinks that they should be the leader and they do a power grabbing kind of thing so arrogance here the shadow the gate 33 is the gate of forgetting in the shadow energy in its highest expression in human design by the way we call this one the gate of the retelling so here we have the opportunity to retell the stories and in the gene keys the gate 13 remember is the gate of empathy in its highest not 33 sorry that was 13 is the gate of revelation in its highest expression i have a pile over here that's trying to slide down uh, and mindfulness is its gift energy. We're going to dig into this one a little bit deeper because today this is where the moon is sitting right now. This is where the moon is sitting. And then this is also a gate where, or, I mean, a, a sign where the gate seven comes into play. The gate seven being on the identity center leading up to the throat center. In its lowest expression, it is division. And we are focusing on that. We'll see that in focus today somehow, either in our own personal lives or in the collective out there, the, the shadow of division. In its highest expression, the gate seven is about guidance and virtue. So the gate seven is kind of the power behind the throne uh, to gate 31's leadership energy. Then we also have the gate four on the Ajna. And this is in the shadow of intolerance, but gate four in its highest expression has answers, right? In uh, Gene Keys, it's actually forgiveness in its highest, but in the gift, it's understanding. Gate four has understanding of how things work, of what should be, of uh, what direction is correct to go in. And then the gate 29 is also a Leo gate. This is uh, the earliest part of the gate 29. And it sits on the sacral center. And uh, I couldn't fit in heartedness. It didn't fit with the size. So it's the gate of half-heartedness in the shadow. The gate 29 has an interesting energy because it is the gate of wanting to say yes and saying yes to everything. So some of my late Leo people, so born at the end of uh, Leo, which is about August 19th through 20th or 21st, you are the ones that have the sun sitting at gate 29 and life for you is sort of like a bowl of cherries that you just want to say yes to everything right there's that need or desire to say yes but in human design this is saying yes to the correct things it's on the it's on the sacral and the sacral is a center that is in response so saying yes in response to the correct things right so using your strategy and your authority to say yes to the correct things 
So as we get into tomorrow, then we may be grappling with saying yes to things that we didn't mean to, and in which case we're only half-heartedly engaged, in which case we have to course correct or we have to find some kind of dedication to be able to apply to this gate. Um, and also intolerant energy that may come up as the shadow in the gate four. So we can see again, like we did in Taurus, interesting, right? Because Taurus and Leo are both fixed signs. They are both in the um, center of the human design and include the Ajna, the throat, the uh, identity center and the sacral. So these are the gates that are being defined today. Now, before I dive deeper into 33 and 7, just let me point out that Saturn is sitting right here at gate 13 now, uh, having moved back into that gate on the 11th, so last Friday. So now every one of us today has an entire channel defined, unless you were born with it defined already. So this is just adding some energy if you've had it defined already. Uh, but for those of us who have nothing in the 3313, that whole channel is defined today. So taking a look internally to see what are the stories that we're telling? How are we framing, if you will, our experiences in life? What we're feeling right now? And is it a story of positivity, even if it was something that is uh, of a tragic or dramatic nature, did we take it and, and make a positive story from it? Uh, or are we stuck in the victim retelling of the story? Saturn sitting at the gate 13 here also invites us to deeply listen, right? To go inward and to really listen to the voice within. And while Saturn is retrograde, for the most of the time that Saturn is retrograde, he will be sitting at this gate, giving us this opportunity to really listen more deeply, talking less, listening more. So that's a helpful thing when uh, we're in the shadow period for sure. But as we pull out into the rest of the summer, it might be really good for us to have uh, a way to tap inward, right? To really be able to hear what's happening for each one of us as the world is going to be crazy, I'm sure, during the summer period of time. <laughs> so I'm going to stop sharing my screen and go back here. So um, questions or comments before I dive further into the gate 33 and the gate, what's the other one? Seven, gate 33 and gate seven. Uh, good morning, Sylvester. Great to see you. He says he's a Leo rising. So some of these qualities might sound familiar to you. And it's great to see you again. And thank you, JLo, for the reminder. Please take a moment. If you are on YouTube listening to us this morning, please hit the thumbs up button. If you like the video, please share it with your friends, your networks, your social media. And also, if you haven't yet, you're new with us, please hit the subscribe button uh, so that we get our subscriptions going up, up, up. Uh, okay, so uh, to, 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 if you have questions and you're in YouTube, send them out. Leo, uh, Leo. <laughs> Asa will get them to me. <laughs> okay, Irene Alberg, good to see you. I, we're happy to have you here from Sweden. And that means it's evening time for you or at least late in the day. Uh, so happy afternoon or early evening to you. Uh, okay, now um, I want to talk more about the gate 33. So the reason I want to talk about that more is because that's where the moon is parked for a good chunk of the day. In quantum human design, it is called the gate of retelling. In the gene keys, it is the shadow of forgetting, the gift of mindfulness, 
And the uh, highest expression is revelation. So what kind of revelations might we receive today? Interesting because the moon is also squaring Uranus, a planet known for creating pathways to new experiences, for shocks and initiating energy, awakening us to some new thing, some new direction perhaps. Um, but there's a purpose in the gate uh, 33 or the gene key 33. And it's about sharing your story in a way that helps people uh, on the planet that helps others. So if you're if you're in a process of telling a story, whatever that story might be, a story of your experiences, a story that helps someone else to gain perspective about what direction to go. Uh, it is where we are supposed to do this in a powering way and an in an empowering way. So we want to empower others through our story and uh, not disempower, right? Not to just tell our own victim story, but to say, you know what, that happened to me. And over time I got through this and these are the things that I applied. But remember the gate 33 is on the throat center. And as it's on the throat center, the telling of your story comes with an invitation to do so, not just blurting it out there where people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that story before. We do the telling of the story when we're invited so that people will hear what we have to say. So people will value our input or value the, the pathway to empowerment that, that we're wanting to share with them. And we're sharing in a way that um, uh, we are waiting for the invitation to share so that we also feel heard, that we feel recognized as someone who has come through a story. So we don't just go out there and start blurting everywhere to people. We really need to wait, <clears throat> excuse me, until we have that invitation. All right. The shadow energy in this particular gate is about being stuck in pain or stuck in the wound or in your own victimhood. And forgetting, forgetting is the shadow energy and forgetting your worth, forgetting your intrinsic value, forgetting that you have uh, experiences based on the design crystal within you that is attracting to you the experiences, the emotions, the people, the challenges that match what it is your soul came here to experience through your life purpose. So it is all very much about how we've forgotten because you know we're quite a distance from uh, our soul's incarnation, right? So those first seven years of our life, likely we might've been able to remember our soul purpose and our life purpose. But as we grow older and we become conditioned by the world around us, we start to forget who we are. We forget our, um, our, our sacred connection to the divine. And then we begin to flounder a bit. And our life purpose is about coming back to that inner truth, coming back to that inner authenticity, that, that inner soul that knows the, the purpose for everything that you are experiencing. So if you don't like what you're experiencing, then start to take a look at what it is that you're learning. And so this gate here, the gate 33, really helps us to see that the stories that we're telling are, have, have we have a choice in how we're going to express them. Are we going to express them through the shadow of forgetting 
or are we going to express them from the highest expression of um, telling the story in a way that empowers ourselves and others. So when we get to the highest expression of this particular energy or the gift here, what we get is telling the story of our pain and our own wound as a story of empowerment, as a, a, a journey, if you will, out of the wound. But there's also the moment here of right timing as the throat center is a, a center that again, needs to share in right timing. And that right timing is about when you're invited in to share your story, right? So we don't just share uh, in a way that is boorish or, you know, just jumping in to share our story. We wait and then it has value for the people around us or the person that you might be sharing it with. So, okay, now the gate seven, the second gate that the uh, moon will be sitting at today is called in quantum human design, the gate of collaboration. And this is a gate of teamwork. In the gene keys, the lowest expression is division, where everybody's moving in their own direction, seemingly in opposite directions in a divided sort of way. In its gift level, it is guidance in the highest expression in the gene keys, it is virtue. But there's a purpose here again in the gate seven and the purpose is to learn to serve as a member of a team or serving through teamwork and in support of leadership so we again see this idea of the power behind the throne so to speak in building the teamwork building the team supporting the team guiding a team that's in support of the elected leader or the, the person that is ha, has been voted in or has been um, asked to lead. In the shadow, this is still someone who's struggling to be seen or to be heard uh, as a voice above others. So someone whose voice gets louder and louder when um, people begin to respond or talk. Someone who does things in a way that seemingly is taking power away from others. So the shadow energy here isn't a team player. They're sort of a maverick, if you will. And I don't mean that necessarily to be um, uh, a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, there are places in our human design where maverick energy is awesome, but not here, right? Not here in this gate. The gift here is embracing collaboration and teamwork as a way to um, do more than what we could alone. So we're unifying uh, our presence. We're unifying around a purpose or a goal or because of a challenge. You see this gift energy come to the surface often in the midst of a challenge. So, and, and it's really sad that this has to be the way it is, that we can sometimes become so self-absorbed or selfish that we can't or self overly self-centered in this particular way that we forget that we're working as a team, that we're working as a nation or a group or a community or a tribe. And instead we have these many voices all tugging in a different direction. And then a tragedy strikes, uh, a 9-11 uh, level event happens, uh, a hurricane happens and devastation ensues. And we all pull together in our unified way. And, and it's amazing to watch how quickly teams will pull together to do the things that need they need to in order to support people in a crisis. Yet 
that's the very energy that we need to remember at all times that we're all here together as a team collaborating supporting one another uh, not tearing each other apart so the gift here is really embracing that idea of collaboration and teamwork to unify us all right to be a unified front so there we have it that's our deeper look into the gate 33 and the gate 7 uh, Kathleen says she's tired. I woke early reading Gene Keys in the early morning. Uh, actually, sometimes when you're tired and you are able to read something that's contemplative, like the Gene Keys, you actually can absorb more because your mind is quieter. So hopefully that's helpful for you. And if you're tired to the point where you're going to sleep, get some more rest, right? You don't necessarily want to burn yourself out uh, by doing things that uh, make you feel tired. Questions, comments, uh, anybody have uh, any questions about 33 or about gate seven? Remember the, the 33 and the 13 are now uh, opposite. They're opposite of one another and Saturn sitting at the gate 13 activates that entire channel. So our identity center, our soul, the seat of our soul is connected to our, our throats for uh, at least through the day today. And that means that we want to really be speaking more from the soul, from our truth, right? From the deeper parts of ourselves. So if you do have something to say today, make it of an empowering nature, but do that also. Maybe it's even words of forgiveness that need to be spoken. Maybe it's words of encouragement that need to be spoken, but those even uh, need to come with an invitation to speak. Uh, okay. Now, let's take a look at the week ahead, shall we? If you have questions, get them to Asa. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, you can actually type the questions in um, there and I should be able to see them. I'm seeing a lot of the YouTube questions. I don't see actually anybody from Facebook this morning. Interesting. Maybe I don't see the questions from Facebook. Mm, I don't know. Things that make you go, hmm. Uh, let's look at the week ahead. Today is the day that Saturn and Uranus come into their exact square. We talked about this last Monday when I was on air about how Saturn is in Aquarius wanting to move us into a more stabilized future using technology and innovation, moving us away from the stodginess of the old, the more traditional, um, or let's say it's a blending of the more traditional with the more um, innovative and inventive. Then we have Uranus as the square. Uranus is all rebel all the time. This is an energy that is about revolution and wanting to move forward and wanting the new, right? Wanting the uh, unconventional rather than the conventional. Saturn is the break here because even though Saturn is in a sign that wants to move forward, he still has discipline and he still has uh, the need to see that form and structure is adhered to and that there's a solid base before we just run off in a new direction. So we have this square energy, which is a challenging kind of energy. And we have challenges out there in our world. We're facing um, you know, the global uh, upsets, we're facing glo global warming, we're facing how, uh, water shortages here in the West, uh, Western United States, uh, over waters, <laughs> over water in, in the Southern US, and the possibility of the summer being overly dry and wildfires on the West with uh, floods more on the East, so, or in the South. So we have 
we have challenges ahead of us that will need us to rise to the occasion with new innovation. So how do we solve our problems from a new level? That will be uh, the, the hallmark of, of this square between Saturn and Uranus in the end. Now, even though today they come to their second connection, their exact connection, they're never far from one another throughout the whole of 2021, even into early 2022. So we're dealing with these challenges and having to face them in new ways, uh, but without throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So we were talking about that as well last week. So today we come to the exact square where maybe it's really uh, becoming more concrete that looking anyway that that we have to do something right we can't just we can't just keep burying our heads in the sand uh, we can't just keep throwing a bunch of band-aids at a problem we're actually going to have to solve the problem right we're going to have to look at solutions and that might mean going to some extremes in some way with Uranus there. But luckily with Saturn there, those extremes won't be so much that it's destabilizing to the whole of the world or the whole of a country, that kind of thing. But we must look to the new. And that's the key is that we have to look to the new, but we don't need to throw out everything that's worthwhile from the past. Now, today we also or yesterday we began a new human design week. So one moment here, I'm going to bring that up for us and then go back and share my screen with you. Uh, sharing, sharing a Chrome tab, nope, a window. There we go. So now you're seeing week three. This is a week for us to share of ourselves and to discover that that always works best in the right timing with the right people and the right opportunity. And the way that we align this way is by waiting for the invitation and understanding that a lot of what we do in the world is based on emotion. And that even if you have an open emotional center, that sometimes you are in reaction to the emotional energy of the people around you, including the collective. And that if you are a defined emotional center, that you are always broadcasting emotion. And the reason this might bring up a connection to the emotional center is the sun at the gate 12 connects to the energy of 22 on the emotional center. So we have insights here in, with the gate 12. The throat receives in this particular place the voice from the super consciousness that it then wants to share but because the sharing outlet goes down to the emotional center, it has to be in the right timing. It has to be in the right mood. So the gate 12 is often a gate of moodiness where the voice can become shy and retiring, wanting to uh, not speak. And then at other times is in a rush or a hurry to get all the words out, to get people to hear them in the moment. So the sun at the gate 12 is about honoring our voice and our insights to wait for the right timing to share them. If they're shared in the wrong timing, then it doesn't get honored and uh, respected. And that can shut down the throat center here. In the gene keys, the sun is sitting in the shadow of vanity, the gift of discrimination, and the siddhi of purity discrimination here being the uh, ability to discern who and when is the right time to share who with, when and how to share the uh, your voice or your wisdom. The earth 
throwing up the challenge, right? The earth position of the week always tells us where's the challenge going to be. The challenge is going to be in the gate 11. And the gate 11 sits right here on the uh, Ashna and it heads down to the gate 56 at the throat. So we have another connection where we had a connection at least yesterday where the moon would have been at 56 and the uh, earth at gate 11, completing this channel of the stories again that we tell, but in a teaching way. The gate 11 is called the gate of the conceptualist in human design or quantum human design. In traditional human design, this is called the gate of ideas because this is a gate that has a lot of aha moments, a lot of light bulbs that turn on, but waiting for the right timing, the right people, the right opportunity to share your ideas with, else they don't value your idea or at some point they scoop your idea and take off and start sharing of it with others. Uh, and you're left going, but wait, I, I said that three weeks ago and nobody cared. And now suddenly, you know, it's the right timing and everybody wants a piece of that idea. So being careful then, being challenged by the earth to share your ideas in the right time with the right people um, through waiting for the invitation, but also in a way, you know, waiting for some problem or challenge that you have the brilliant idea to share and just, you know, taking a moment to say, I have a great idea. Uh, it's a little off center, perhaps, but do you want to hear it? And then people say yes, or they say no. If they say no, you go, okay, well, it's not the right timing and you just let it go. If they say yes, then you share and then your light turns on, right? Then everybody sees the shadow here is obscurity. And obscurity is in the darkness, right? Um, the gift is idealism. So the gate 11 conceptualist is also an idealist who sees the world through potential, through possibility and light in the city. In the Gene Keys, Richard uh, Rudd, the author, uh, talks about this gate uh, in a manner that uh, to me, it, it made so much sense that we're in the dark but as long as there's a little pinpoint of light, if as long as there's a pinpoint of positivity, if we can put our focus on that little pinpoint of light, we grow it and it grows and it grows till obscurity is uh, done away with and we're left with the light of idealism. So if we even just have this little idea, this little little minuscule pinpoint of light that we can focus on and we can grow it, then we have a focus that takes us into the bigger uh, potential for expressing light. And sometimes, boy, we need it, don't we? Because sometimes it's so easy to, to, to focus on the shadow, to focus on what's dark in the world and not on what's light. So that's why we are here as light workers, because it's our job to focus on the light, the potential, the possibilities, and bring those up and bring those out into the world. Uh, so that's our week. This is actually from June 13th through the 18th. And uh, on Friday, we'll talk about the uh, new Human Design Week coming up as, as well. I believe this is the week. This Friday, we will have Pia and Colin with us uh, to talk about more on the Pleiadian Earth Energy and uh, Larkma's messages. Stop sharing. All right, so now for the rest of the week, uh, literally up until, let's see, up through, gosh, all the way, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, nothing 
right? No new transits, nothing popping up new in our sphere of influence. Um, it's kind of quiet. Uh, but we're also looking at coming into the closing of the collective shadow cycle. June 17th is the last day of the collective shadow cycle. So maybe it gives us all an opportunity to focus a little bit on what shadows have been popping up in our own world and how we can work through those uh, issues. On Saturday, we start the new human design week. And on Sunday, Sunday is the most empowered day of the week. This week where the summer solstice begins and we also have Jupiter turning retrograde in Pisces and starting his move backward toward Aquarius energy. So that window of time that we've had from uh, what was it, May 14th or 13th through July 28th, we have this Pisces window into uh, the world uh, is now going to be moving internally and moving toward uh, expressions of how we evolve our inner world to be more creative, to be more emotionally aware, um, and to be more sensitive to what is happening around us, even in the unseen realm. So that's our week, right? That's our week. It's really not a bad week at all. And uh, we have some really good energies, but the collective shadow period is still holding sway. So we have some, we have some potential problem areas that might show up for each of us. Um, okay, so what other comments are out here? Asa, nice, thank you. She says, if you have any questions, please let me know. Type it into the chat. Uh, now, today in the Pleiadian Earth energy, we've moved to the halfway point of our week. We are at seven evolving energy. And in the Mayan calendar, evolving energy was Kaban. Kaban was the representation of an earthquake, kind of the shaking up of our world. Seven energy is the universal day, and the universal day of the halfway point is about merging, where we're beginning to merge the, the new energies that popped in with uh, within our beingness. And we're also being, we're sitting sort of at the cusp, if you will, uh, of, of the uh, spiral of consciousness where we are in that evolution point. We either choose to go up the spiral or we can choose to go back down the spiral. And really there isn't any um, judgment on whether you go up or you go down. It just depends on from your soul's evolutionary standpoint, where are you, right? And are you in the process of evolving or devolving? And there are reasons to devolve. Maybe you missed a stitch, if you will, in the, the fabric of your life purpose and you want to go backward for a minute. Um, but here's the point where we choose. We choose to continue moving up the spiral uh, or we can choose to go back. And Kaban energy or evolving energy is about boundaries, about boundaries changing, where, you know, we're, we're maybe outgrowing the boundaries that we've been in. So we have to push them. So the reason I think so, it's interesting that it's also earthquake energy is that earthquakes happen along plate boundaries, right? Where the boundaries are shaking or the boundaries are moving in some way, whether one is diving under another or they're slip sliding away, you know, slip sliding around each other or thrusting forward. Um, so we have the potential for possibilities when we have this kind of change energy. When boundaries change, new possibilities emerge. 
So, and it doesn't, by the way, suggest that there are going to be earthquakes, although, I mean, personal earthquakes, perhaps, right? As you, you know, move beyond something that's maybe held you back, um, as you allow yourself to grow beyond where you've been. So we're pushing out the boundaries a bit. So that is primarily the energy of the day-to-day uh, -day from the Pleiadian calendar. And that is it for me today. I don't know if you have questions or if there's something in particular people would like to talk about. We have about 10 minutes and uh, somebody suggests something. Maybe I'll do card readings while we're waiting. I'm going to draw us a card for the week, an animal card. I love to do these, the spirit animal oracle. And uh, you know what else I'm going to do? And this is really going to be odd, but I'm going to do it nonetheless is I'm going to bring back my Halloween deck because the ha Halloween is a period of time where all of the gates of the spleen are being triggered and the, sh the, the gates of the spleen are also shadow gates. So we'll take a look at a shadow energy maybe here through the Halloween deck, but first we're going to draw an animal that's going to help support us. Uh, in the uh, going forward of this particular week. So we'll see. Oh, hey. Oh, <laughs> this one fell out upside down. Skunk spirit. I hope you guys can see that. Okay. Skunk spirit card 54, which is a nine. So we have skunk spirit upside down. It says know your worth. Know your worth. Skunk. But again, in protection. So let's take a look here. Skunk is card 54. And in protection, it says, not everyone will appreciate you. Many people have issues of their own to address and you may trigger something in them. But if so, no matter. Skunk spirit calls you to be fully yourself without apology. Now is the time for honesty and admitting that something does not sit right for you. Uh, you deserve self-respect that comes when you courageously choose to stand up for yourself and speak your truth in love. Remember who you are and what really matters to you and act with integrity. You will be so glad you did. All right. So skunk has a pretty good message, right? I think that's a good message for all of us. Skunk spirit. And let's take a look at the Halloween Oracle to see if we can pick out a shadow energy. I refuse to believe I can only use these at Halloween but I've been acting as if that were the truth. So today I'm going to make a new boundary that we can use the Halloween Oracle whenever, whenever we want to. Okay. And Asa, I do see you've got messages there for me. Let me get through this card and I'll pull that up. Okay. And our shadow that we might be dealing with is trick or treat, mischief and play. <laughs> That's a good one. Mischief and play, trick or treat. And uh, let's take a look. This is by a way, the deck, a deck called the Halloween Oracle by Stacy DeMarco. So if you're interested in that now, trick or treat says, has a little poem first. Stalking and stomping, eyes shining and begging baskets, faces and bodies that are no longer ours, laughing skeletons and candy caskets. Trick-or-treating is such a fun thing to do, is it not? Yet, why do we trick-or-treat? Ancient peoples understood that there were both mischievous and perhaps nasty spirits wandering around at nightfall and Halloween, as well as happier, more benevolent spirits. 
They thought that if they dressed as spirits themselves or other frightening creatures, then they would not be recognized as human and attacked. The idea of causing a little chaos as one of these spirits was part of the imitation and the enjoyment of the night. The practice in medieval Britain was aptly called souling. Today, trick-or-treating is a huge event. We spend much time, money, and effort dressing up as our scariest creatures, and this has even extended to dressing up as our favorite celebrities and other pop culture idols. Instead of traditional candy apples and barm brack, we give out a mind-boggling variety of candy. It matters not. The idea of frightening away death and darkness still stands. I believe that the modern trick-or-treating also unites communities by introducing our families and friends to those around us in a non-threatening and joyful way. Many of us do not know our neighbors, even those who live next door, and Halloween gives us an excuse not to be so reserved and extend our boundaries. Should you receive the trick-or-treat card in your divination, it may well be a time to examine the role of play and mischief in your own life. You don't have to be a child to let go and have some playtime, and you can extend the fun to others. Sometimes we are afraid to make mistakes, and play is one way to alleviate the pressure that we sometimes place on ourselves to get everything perfect every time. Alternatively, it is worth knowing that there is a balance between manipulation and mischief. The former is not pleasant, and the other has, at its core, a sense of irreverent fun. I think that it's an apt card for the Leo time, <laughs> moon and Leo. Awesome. Okay. So there we have that. Uh, okay. So uh, let's take a look here at what Ace's messages were. Face ID. Okay, fine. Uh, Debbie would like a card. And okay, Deb. And uh, let's see other things here. When... The veil is thinnest at eclipses makes sense in the Halloween deck. Yeah. Well, the veil is thinnest at Halloween. Uh, during that period of time, eclipses are portals or gateways that open, that prompt us to change or to elevate our way of thinking or being. And that might work. So Sylvester also wants a card. And so uh, Debbie and, and uh, Sylvester. So... Debbie, um, I'm feeling a Halloween card for you. How's that? So let's play with the Halloween deck. And Sylvester, I'll get yours. And that should take us right up to the hour. So, oh, Debbie, wow. Skull of flowers creating through the ashes. Hmm. This actually reminds me of you, Debbie. Not the skull so much, but the flowers, right? A skull of flowers. Move it over here. And it's actually kind of pretty. And it says, creating through the ashes. And skull of flowers. Ah, I see. So there's a skull, there's a skeleton, a skull of darkness, a skull of flowers, a skull of light, a skull of stars. So there's different skulls. That's why. Skull of flowers. Here's our little poem. To blossom and bloom, the work must be done. Through fire and ashes, our fortune, it comes. Before flowers are born, they're, they're, they are sweet buds on a plant that came from a smaller form, like a seed or a bulb. The seed needs prepared, nourishing soil to grow to its potential. Some plants and trees only seed after fire or a period of extreme adversity like drought or flood. Sometimes we wish for a life different from the one we have, and that can mean radical change. 
Sometimes to have that new life, everything falls apart to make it so, and that can be uncomfortable. We may lose our relationships or they may change. We may lose a job, have to move house or become ill. All big events that lead to a reassessment of the how of our lives. The skull of flowers lead to a reassessment. Sorry. The skull of flowers illustrates that there is a sureness and yet a rawness to creating again, to starting afresh. Sometimes the universe gives us a blank slate to work from so we can build what we really want rather than just settling for less. The skull of flowers celebrates not just a kind of phoenix energy, but an energy of success and full bloom through adversity. That's a pretty cool card. And Sylvester, I'm going to pull you a Halloween card too, since we're playing with the Halloween deck. Sounds good to me. Oops, that's wrong direction. So this next card will be for you, Sylvester. The skunk spirit. Yeah, I love that card. Okay, so you are skull of darkness, blind spots. So the skull of darkness represents blind spots. So the light is on his head. Skull of darkness. Funny. Two skulls today. So here's your little poem. We may not wish to delve there, the shadows, the darkness, the unknown. Yet when we search, we reveal and our power, it has grown. The beautiful and mysterious skull of darkness encourages us to look at the part of ourselves that normally remains hidden or as unseen as possible. We may not appreciate or like certain aspects of ourselves and yet sometimes our greatest treasures lie within these areas. How many times have you heard of famous artists or people extremely successful in their fields being bullied for being so different? Yet it is their very differences from others that make them so powerful. Additionally, all of us at some stage of life have certain blind spots that may cause us grief and trouble. Although we cannot see the issue clearly, it is the repeated pattern of pain that may alert us to them, symptoms if you will. For example, the same things keep happening over and over again. We may be betrayed repeatedly, fail at something repeatedly, not complete tasks continually. <laughs> Peace and pattern breaking can be achieved by doing the work in uncovering our blind spot or even consulting trusted close friends or professionals to assist us to see what we cannot. Not so dark after all, right? Blind spots, skull of darkness. There you go. Okay, last look at questions. Um, Christine says, okay, feeling as if I'm in a time warp. <laughs> People mentioning the skunk card before Janet even pulled it. The Halloween deck too. Good morning, Kathy. Good to see you. So uh, funny thing, right? Uh, that we get these different cards and we get these different messages, but they're all appropriate to what we've been talking about. It's almost... It's why I always think the work that I do is so magical because there's always this magical connection between uh, the questions that are asked or the information I'm bringing forward uh, to, to, for you to hear and uh, people also out there feeling the need to absorb that and then the cards often val validating that same uh, message role. So I love it. And you're welcome, Sylvester, and you're welcome, uh, Debbie Tibbetts Tumul. All right, that is it for me today. So I will see you all on Friday. Since this is such a quiet week, 
Uh, I won't be on on Wednesday, so I'll see you Friday morning. We'll have Pia and Colin with us and take a look at the weekend ahead. Take care, everybody. Good to see you all. Bye for now.